From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up War Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. Coming up on today's show, an ambush on Corey Clark. We're going to compare coaches. Let Corey shoot holes into my argument. Wake Up War Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. It is Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to everybody. It is Taco Tuesday all day long at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, as well as Trivia Night at the CP. That's how the uh, the hardcore fans, the, the loyalists, refer to that great establishment, loaded cake and uh, located, rather, off Appalachian Parkway in Tallahassee, Florida. Go check it out. Play some trivia. Uh, carry the torch for your team. Let us know if you, you want to draft us on your team. Corey and I, were free agents, but we're we're high-priced free agents. Mm. Right, Corey? Not yeah, just yeah, anybody can sign sit there for free. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. right. Okay. Warchant. Aaron Judge. I'd say I'm like the Aaron Judge of <laughs> trivia. <laughs> All right. You're going to have to pay a lot of money to get me on, at your table. I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to bet on myself, set it out, wait for the, uh, the highest bidder. I'll show you how good I am. Uh, Warchant.com, still only $10 for an entire year of access. Sign up, hit the thumbs up, listen to us on YouTube, five-star rating and review on Apple iTunes, if you could, please. And if you are if you are on an Apple iOS device, use that podcast app, search for Wake Up Warchant. You'll see two results. Hit the one on the right. Uh, what helps me get out of bed in the morning? News like this, Florida State will take on Georgia Tech at noon, Corey. Mm. Little things like that. Just make yeah. me think the the fates are on my side. Just enough days out of the year to, to keep going, keep keep hanging on to this spinning blue ball that we're on. So that'll be on ACC Network, Georgia Tech, Florida State, noon. Georgia Tech plays Virginia on Thursday. I'm not sure if that's in Atlanta. On the Flats, is that what you guys call it, the Flats? They do call it the Flats. I don't call it that, um, but they do. Uh, and I don't know either. I think it is. I think it's uh, in Atlanta, but who knows? It doesn't matter. Virginia's wow. so bad. Yeah, what happened there? It's a, it, I don't it know. is on the, the guy f- left right at the right time, right? Yeah, yeah. Three point favorite Georgia Tech uh, against Virginia on the flats. It will be in mm, Atlanta uh, downtown. So I did this. We got an off week. We don't have a lot to talk about specifically on this day. We'll speak to Florida State baseball head coach Link Jarrett later today at two in the afternoon. So check out WordChant.com for news and notes from that. Uh, we get to speak to him for the first time as he's uh, taking the job. We obviously at the introductory press conference, but they're doing some fall ball. We'll I think they have an exhibition on Saturday, maybe. Sounds about right. I'm pulling I my think phone. So. Yeah. Pull my phone. Oh, by it. the way, before I forget, uh, Florida State softball got a really big time transfer. Did you see that news, Aslan? Did that splash in your email? Feed? I didn't. I didn't like how it just said Florida State lands transfer. It's like Florida State who? Like Seminole softball? Like I couldn't Correct. see any well, of my previous. That wasn't so I, great. Yeah, you, you had to click it. on it. Uh, oh, so you didn't even read it? No, I deleted it because that's clickbait. I'm not doing that. Come on, get better. Mm. Even in an email, it's clickbait. I, I see what you're doing. I didn't know we could go that. I thought that was more of a, t- a social media thing. But, yeah, it's a uh, transfer from Texas A&M. That hit, uh, she was a freshman last year and hit 13 bombs. Nice. Hit 300 with 13 bombs as a catcher slash third baseman. Um, I could look up her name. But either way, uh, that's a, that's a big-time big get for Lonnie. And it says, um, let's see, Katie Dack. Katie Dack. Strong name. name. Strong name. It is right a strong there. name. Says she will re- she will join the program for spring semester, which I assume means January, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, correct. She's from Parker, Colorado. Catcher, third baseman, hit 13 bombs, drove in 40, hit over 300, in a pretty good softball league in the SEC. So that's good news. 
Do we need to? Uh, what's what's wrong with Michaela Edenfield? Hey man, she might Katie. We don't know where they're going to put old Katie. She might okay. be a third baseman. She might be a DH first. Ba- who knows? Who knows? But yeah, you're, you're going to have some power there in the middle of the lineup. Yeah. Two time freshman of the week in the SEC All SEC second team. Uh, yeah, catcher and third base. So all right, there we go. I I, I trust in Lonnie Alameda. She's mm-hmm. built up yeah, what the kids call equity. Yeah. yeah. So did a little bit of a research project here, Core. I just think you know after we talked on the show yesterday about how really important these next five games are. And this comes on the heels, uh, coincidentally, of Bruce Feldman uh, releasing his college football hot seat check. Mike Norvell's not on it. This show is not to say that it should be on it. Uh, I think we all can agree, obviously, that this program has visibly improved uh, over the last three seasons, piece by piece, game by game, to a certain degree here, which gives you hope and faith and confidence that once you get some better talent, maybe some better depth, maybe better injury luck, uh, maybe some better referee luck, uh, the, the tide will turn. Schedule luck. Yeah. It's all, it's all part of it. So uh, this is just a snapshot of where we're at right now in the season. We've hit the midway point of the college football season right now. And there are currently seven teams that are ranked in the top 25, Corey, that either hired their coach the same year as Mike Norvell or after him, uh, three of which are in the top 10. And a lot of the stuff here is that no two situations are alike. Everything is different. And... If you're a Florida State fan, what you've read over the course of the last few years, what you've seen on the field, you've either been led to believe or you believe and feel that this Florida State job that Mike Norville took over was just an absolute disaster and needs so much time on a scale that we really didn't appreciate or understand when Willie Taggart first got here and that was probably exacerbated by some of the things that Willie Taggart had done which I think that's we can all kind of agree on that. I think even I agreed on that. Maybe uh, it was yeah, not nearly say, I, don't, I don't know that that's up for debate. Yeah. Um, but again, seven teams in the top 25, this, this is more or less an exercise just to kind of show that everybody's inherited kind of some pretty lousy situations. Some have made better results so far. doesn't mean that this thing's a marathon for all we know, seven of these teams we're talking about, maybe only two of them will be ranked when the season is over and Florida state will be ranked. It just underscores, I think how important these next five games are, especially Miami and Florida. If you beat Miami and Florida, you feel really good about where you're going, and this is all moot. And I'm not trying to make any sort of huge uh, statement with this show here. Just figured it's a Tuesday. It's an off week. Let's go. Tennessee right now, they're ranked third. And all this, we're looking at in a very small snapshot here, Corey, of what they were the three seasons before their current head coach took over and some of the off-field stuff that they maybe inherited. Tennessee, now they've got Josh Heupel. He's their third head coach in five years. He went seven and six last year. He's currently six and zero. Oh. He is number three in the nation. They are five and four versus ranked teams. The three seasons before he got there, Tennessee went five and seven. They had two guys kicked off the team and arrested. They were twentieth in recruiting. Twenty nineteen, they were thirteenth in the nation in recruiting. They had a linebacker arrested and kicked off, and a defensive back who was arrested and kicked off, and apparently had a restraining order before he got to campus that Jeremy Pruitt did not make administration aware of. They went eight and five in twenty nineteen. 2020 COVID year, Pruitt's last season, three and seven. They were eighth, though, in recruiting. Four different players arrested at some point. He left the program with 18 level one violations. Uh, He and his wife giving illicit benefits to players, including cash and McDonald's bags. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that's a great situation. Um, Probably maybe not as bad Florida State. But not a good situation by any stretch. Josh Apple's been there now for two years. Uh, his starting safety got arrested the week of the Alabama game. 
Uh, they just defeated Alabama for the first time in 15 years. Again, they're currently 6-0. They're number three in the nation right now. They're 3-0 and against top 25 teams, or maybe 4-0 uh, versus top 25 teams just this season alone. That job, what I've given you looking at it, yeah, Tennessee, again, not nearly as When we do the scored. top 25 stuff, are we counting Pitt and Florida? Yes, they were ranked when they beat them, yes. yes. But they're not ranked anymore. But they were now, I'm not when taking. They beat them. A, I'm not taking credit. But that's how. That's why this this kind of stuff. And I'm not talking about what you're doing specifically is goofy. But record versus ranked teams is goofy. Is because okay, well they were ranked when you okay, played we'll, them. Okay, we'll throw that out. So what about yeah, but what about still, inherited? Not, yeah, what they, inherit? they just beat Alabama and they're okay. undefeated. So okay. the 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 point still remains. He has okay. done a an exceptional job with that team. Okay. With that offense in particular, is an is a just an incredible offense. He's apparently an offensive genius. And I'm not saying that lightly or sarcastically. He is apparently an offensive genius because he's turned that thing into an unstoppable force, it looks like. Yeah. Three seasons in UCF. His first season was the best, and then they slowly kind of tapered off. I just yeah. – that, that situation, not great, I don't think. So when we, we talk about maybe a Tennessee being you know not nearly as chaotic as Florida State, I, I'm not exactly sure. But, again, man, they're 6-0. They, they, they could easily lose. I think they got Kentucky this week. I could easily see them lose to Kentucky. And I don't know Georgia if, in a couple weeks after that. Yeah, I don't know if I want Josh Heupel over Mike Norvell right now, but I can tell you nobody in Tennessee would want to lose Josh Heupel for yeah. Mike Norvell right now. Oh, moving on to Ole Miss right now. They're seventh in the nation. Lane Kiffin, I've talked about him ad nauseum. I know you guys are sick about it, but he is the third different head coach in five years in Oxford. In 2017, they were hit with 21 different recruiting violations. Hugh Freeze was unceremoniously fired in disgrace during the preseason for using a school-issued phone to contact female escorts. Uh, his interim coach kept a full-time job after going 6-6 six and six in 2017. They had the 39th recruiting class. 2018, he went 5-7. and seven. They had the 27th recruiting class. 2019, he went 4-8. and eight. 22nd recruiting class, they fired him. Uh, they hired Lane Kiffin. They had a two-year imposed bowl ban. They lost 13 scholarships over four years and actually had one year of limited visits for their recruits. They could only have one unofficial visit per player. That was later rescinded. It was supposed to be three years, but they only dealt with one of it. So that happened in 2017. The probation expired in December of 2020, the end of Lane's first year. Lane went 5-5 five and five in 2020. Last year he went 10-3, and three, New Year's Six Bowl. He's currently 7-0, and oh, number seven in the nation. They are 4-5 and five versus teams that were ranked at the point. I won't use that stat because Corey doesn't like it, and I get it. It's fine. That's fine. That's, that's not a good situation. Florida State's APR was not good, but the recruiting violations, I think, are a little bit more, a little bit more stark. There's a little bit more meat on that bone. Maybe, maybe just that looks worse, but maybe not as looming as an APR when you're trying to, to sift out guys from your, your culture, I guess. That was, that was what hamstrung Willie, it seems like people had said, that the APR was. I mean, how, how, more, how more important do you think APR is in terms of what you can do moving guys around versus actually like losing 13 scholarships over four years? Well, yeah, I think the losing the scholarships is a bigger deal. Okay. Yeah. 13 scholarships and four. That's a big deal, man. That's, that is a, uh, that's a bigger deal than I think the APR mud that, that Taggart and then Norvell at the, at the beginning was, was kind of stuck in. Yeah. All right. Last one. And we'll, there's there's more, but we'll, I'll take a break and let Corey start poking holes and stuff. Number eight right now in the nation is TCU. This is Sonny Dykes. He is only the second coach in the last 21 years at TCU. They were quite stable with Gary Patterson. Uh, they went five and seven, six and four, three and five last year in Gary Patterson's last year. He quit in the middle of the season. They went five and seven. None of their recruiting classes were ever ranked above the 20th uh, spot. They were 63rd in recruiting 
in 2021. He quit midseason after a loss to Kansas State in which two of his players threw punches and were ejected in the game. Mm. Kind of something similar happened here. Uh, after a rivalry loss, he publicly accused the player on SMU of swinging a helmet at one of his assistant coaches. Video later showed that no such incident happened. Kind of embarrassing. Uh, Sonny Dykes right now is 3-0 and versus teams that were ranked when he played them. He's 6-0 and right now. They're ranked 8th in the country. Uh, this is his first season at TCU. His starting quarterback, which he personally brought in, went down. He is now on his backup quarterback, and they're 6-0 and right now. That situation... Not great, but again, Gary Patterson had been there for so long. Uh, they were such good. They were winners, man, until pretty much 2019. The last three years were were definitely not strong seasons. So I, I think for me, this what I'm trying to build here is that I, I, these next five games for Mike Norville are, are terribly crucial. I don't see any way he's not retained, and I'm not saying that he should not be retained going into 2023 unless he were to lose to Miami and Florida. Then I think you can have some real serious conversations. I don't foresee that happening. I think they played well enough against Clemson that you feel good enough that they'll win one, they'll split those two games. And and to the point from the show last week about why are we now as a, a certain parts of this fan base, Corey, why are we now, why did the Clemson game, a, after losing to the number four team in the nation, why is that the reason that you're going to start getting really angry and frustrated? I, I think part of that is because was that game not so important because it would have kind of wiped everything clean. The NC State game would have made you forget about Wake Forest and you would have felt so yeah. good about things. And then it was kind of like a double or nothing situation here. Listen, a talented team, more talented than you are. Uh, but if you, you couldn't wipe the slate clean, it would have redeemed everything and you didn't capitalize. So I think that's why you're, you're a little bit frustrated if you're a Florida State fan. And I'm just I'm looking at these sort of situations these other coaches are in. I, just, I believe that it's fair, and we mentioned the top of the show, man, that, that Mike Norvell did inherit a fairly unfavorable situation. But he also inherited a program that was not too far removed from winning a national title probably in a better recruiting ground than Oxford, Mississippi, Knoxville, Tennessee, and Dallas-Fort Worth, maybe to a certain degree. But TCU has not won a national title yeah. in our lifetimes. So I just I think for, for that small minority that's not making a good point, I'm trying to give you some maybe information when you are trying to make your point on the Internet uh, when you're fighting against people that are telling you that you're stupid for thinking that you should want more from the head coach. Because some of these coaches I haven't even gotten to yet, which maybe I won't because I can tell you probably getting sick of hearing my voice around everybody. But Clay Hilton did better than Lane Kiffin at USC, but it wasn't enough. Tom Herman did better than Charlie Strong at Texas, but it just wasn't good enough. Mike Norvell is doing better than Willie Taggart, but right now is just not good enough. He's got five more games this season that are just so crucial to making us believe that it, that it will be enough, I believe. Yeah, man, I, I don't think there's anything unfair about any of that. You know, I, I, ju I think when these conversations happen, I, I like to do them, you know, after Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Just because you have the whole season now, because maybe what if TCU loses four in a row, and right. you're like, well, you don't. Do you really want Sonny Dykes? Oh no, yeah, yeah. I, I don't but but right now in the in the present, whatever day it is, October 18th. Um, yeah, man, there, there are there are coaches out there that are doing better than Mike Norvell and have done better, have built quicker. Um, this is not it is not a sprint though. Uh, you were you were trying to build something lasting, and uh, but I I get it if you finish this year with losses to Miami, Florida, and Clemson. Two, two of those coaches are in their first year. And so you're, that gives you, what, at least another – you have another five-loss season, maybe a six-loss season again. It is absolutely fair to question the direction of this program. It, it just is. Um, so I, I get what you're saying, and I get wanting to have better than what you currently have. Not that you think Norbell's a bad coach, no, but you want no. more than four and three. Yes. 
You want more than four and three, especially when you start off four and zero. Oh. You're tired of losing to Wake Forest. You're tired of losing to NC State. I get it. I, I don't. There's no real counter to that. I, I just want to see what this looks like at the end of the year, um, because I do. We, we do see positive mo- direction. It is. It is slowly climbing. It's not climbing to a ten or eleven win season this year. Clearly, um, but it is climbing above the the mess. The absolute. I almost cussed there. Ooh. Dumpster fire that was 2020. Uh, um, again, he would have been better off going 0 and 9 that year. That team was just <laughs> gross. And if they'd have played Florida and Clemson, it would have been re- that was a three and eight, two and ten, or a two and ten, three and nine football team. So there, that you know, it just was a gross football team. So they they built upon that. They are now competitive. But I get it, man. It's Florida State. You don't want to just be competitive, and you don't want to just hear the talking heads keep telling you be patient. Don't be, hey, he, he took over a terrible program and now it's just okay. Like, you, you want to be more than okay. Um, again, that's why that NC State game was such a killer, man. Yeah, it's a get, you're five and two. You're five and two. You're probably not ranked, but you're receiving votes. You just played Clemson within six points. You feel good about the direction of the team, but then you throw a dumb interception at the end, just like you gave up a dumb touchdown at the end of Jacksonville State, and it changes the whole complexion, the whole perspective of the season you've had. Um, and that to me is what's, was such a killer about the, the way that game ended. Um, but the good news is you got five games left and there is a chance they're an eight or nine win team. There is a chance. I mean, they still could get to 10 wins if they win their bowl game, but I mean, they got to win out clearly. And there's no reason to think they're going to do that after the way they played the last three weeks, but they could, um, but, but they could get to eight or nine wins and then you feel positive about the direction you're going, but no, you're not Tennessee. Now, in 2025, will Tennessee be in a better place than Florida State? That's what the administration... But number one, you're not going to go get Hypel anyway. Oh, no. So, yeah. Yeah. so just, I get like, but it's also like you, you start dating a girl that's attractive. Attractive. Love her, love her to death. She's sweet. She's got a good personality. She likes you. Then your buddy starts dating this hot supermodel. <laughs> and instead of being happy for your buddy, you're like, well, why can't I be dating her? I want her. <laughs> Look at what he gets. And I'm just I'm just stuck with this really cute, sweet person that loves me. Like right now, I think I get what you're doing. Like you you don't want people to just accept mediocrity. Right. But I don't think Norvell's mediocre. Wow. I don't. I think right now the product, if you just simply go by wins and losses, and yes, I hear how dumb that is coming out of my mouth, because what else would you go by? It is a mediocre product that he's given you for two and a half years. But I don't think when you really dig down in this program that it's a mediocre program. I don't think Dabo thinks it's mediocre. I don't think Dave Doran thinks it's a mediocre program, man. I just don't. Um, now, if they lose to Georgia Tech, all bets are off. Go, go pay Heupel $45 million to come here. Uh, but I, I just don't think it's a mediocre program, even though the results right now uh, would speak otherwise. Well, because I do think they're close, that's all. Yeah. I do think they're close. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I think that's not something that's unique to, to Florida State and their situation in, in their rebuild. I'm sure there was moments where certain Tennessee fans probably thought they were close with Butch Jones or Southern Cal yes. fans thought they were close with Clay Helton, and it, it didn't go their sort of way. And, and then, but then again, look at last year, Tennessee. Like, were there a lot of Tennessee fans that were like, man, is, well, they went 7-6? and 7-5. and five. So that's five so you're losses. Right, you're right. I apologize. I apologize. You're right, 7-6. and six. So they lost six games. Right. So it wasn't like Tennessee fans were like all on board with Heupel. Yeah. 
Like a guy that came from UCF that didn't have a great record there loses six games his first year. Now he won seven. He went to a bowl. That's better than Norvell's done. Since it got he's better been here. though. Twenty twenty. I mean, twenty twenty. They yeah, were three correct. and seven. They went seven. So they improved. Right. So they saw improvement. But I don't think there was anybody there that was like absolutely Heupel's going to have us number three in the country. We're going to beat Alabama next year. We're going to probably we're going to have a quarterback that wins the Heisman, and we're going to be number three in the country middle of October next year. I don't think Tennessee fans watching that season last year thought that was coming. But here it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so maybe, I'm not predicting it, but maybe something special, magical can happen like that with Florida State. It happened at Tennessee. You know, I, I think you are you have a similar talent that, that Tennessee does, I think, on a maybe next year. The roster the, should be better. Um, you, you should have, you know, a, a good enough roster to have a magical, special run. But again, we're also in the middle of October. So again, I, I think we'll wait till the end of November. Um, and again, unless they lose to Georgia Tech, that's going to be that's going to be ugly, ugly, ugly if that happens. Yeah, it was an off week, so I mean, did a little research here. I figured, you know, you know what, I did a little what else research am I doing? too. No, I it's good, man. I and I, I mean, I I don't uh, disagree with like wanting more, and I don't disagree with people that might get tired of the Corey Clarks and the Jeff Camerons and the Irish O'Fells trying to tell you to be patient and calm down. I get it. It's been it's been half a decade of just grossness, man. More than that. They showed that. Did you see the stat they showed Clemson and Florida State like the last oh, seven or eight years or yes. something? Clemson's 67. Yeah. Well, now they're 68 and 8, and Florida State is like 30 20. and 36 or yeah. something. Yeah. It's just gross, man. Yeah. You've lost 36 times in the time that Clemson has lost eight times. So I get you want more. Um, I, I don't think it's lightning. I don't, I, I Hypo maybe being a, a, a um, not a great example. I don't think typically it becomes lightning strikes. Um, I, I think you have to build it a little bit. But next year needs to be a year. Uh, maybe this year is a year where you look back and say, all right, man, they got to the whatever, the pinstripe bowl or the, the Gator Bowl with an eight or nine win season. And then they won that game and you feel good going into the, um, the, the second national signing day and you feel good going into next spring. Maybe that happens. Um, it, it just would have helped a lot if you'd beaten NC State. I mean, my, my counter to that, and, and I that sounds... Like that sounds so practical and pragmatic. Just the you go from six to to eight to ten, and then you're competing for a playoff spot. Maybe that'll be my project for Wednesday or you know end of the season. I just I don't I can't recall a lot of that kind of happening, and it sort of does seem to be lightning. I think maybe Ed Ogeron won it in year four, although no, I think seventeen was his first season, so that was year three. But like you know, Jimbo, Saban, Urban, you know. Dabo's yeah, the outlier. State, I don't think we're thinking Florida State is going to – like, I just think it's at a different place now where I wasn't expecting Florida State to jump into the national championship picture in three years. No. I, no. I just wasn't. I, I, I thought too much had happened between the really good seasons and now to think that in two or three years they could. I also don't think Norvell's as good a coach as uh, Nick Saban, man, or Dabo for that matter. I think Norvell's a, a good coach. I don't know that he's like an elite, elite coach. Um, it'd be cool if he was, but he hasn't proven to be that guy. Uh, it's funny. It reminds me of like, um, well, a little bit it reminds me of this. When Leonard, I would have all these conversations with the people that wanted to get rid of Leonard Hamilton. And again, I'm not comparing Norvell's track record to Leonard Hamilton. It, it's just the, the, the philosophy was, well, you know, he's not, you know, he keeps losing to Duke and he keeps losing to Carolina. He's not Roy Williams. He's not Mike Krzyzewski. And I'm like, no, sh no, Leonard Hamilton is not as good a coach as Coach K. We got it. Like I when I when I praise Leonard Hamilton or I, when I praise Mike Norvell, it's not me saying he's the best coach in the country. I think he's doing a good job. I don't think he's a Hall of Fame coach. 
Um, he might, but maybe ends up being that, but I haven't seen it. And it's the same thing with Leonard. I love what Leonard's done at Florida State. I think he is a very, very good basketball coach. I don't think he's Coach K or Roy Williams or, you know, name somebody else, Jay Wright. He's not one of those guys, but he's very, very good. And he's, he was great for Florida State and is great for Florida State. And I think maybe Norvell can fit that mold and then maybe he builds upon himself. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I know the way the world works now that if he hasn't won a championship by year four or five, he's probably on the hot seat or done. Um, but, you know, he might he might just build something pretty pretty cool and special here. I don't know. I know he's building something. I don't know how high it can go. Does that make sense? Yeah. I do think he's building something. I just don't know if he's building a top 15 program, a top 20 program, or a top five program. That's what that's what the next year and a half, two years will prove to us, I think. Your favorite athletes are striving to put themselves in a winning position. How can you do so? Well, you don't even have to play the game. You can just bet on it and win and do it over at mybookie.ag. MyBookie's got the biggest online selection of odds and contests to fill all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere. You can bet on the NFL, Major League Baseball playoffs. Who do you think is going to – who's going to bring it home, Corey? Who do you think? Not the Dodgers. Oh, oh yeah. Not the Dodgers. Of course, Stephanie uh, became a Guardians fan uh, oh. because they got up 2-1 on the Yankees, and her dad oh. was a big uh, Indians fan, yeah. Cleveland fan back in the day. And um, so she decided to go to Corner Pocket last night – or Monday night – sorry, Sunday night – to watch the uh, Indians try to close out the Yankees in game four, wearing her jersey and everything, and they lost. Because, of course, as soon as she starts caring and paying attention, those teams fall in the tank. I wonder if Dodger podcasts are calling for Dave Roberts to be fired. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely they are. Especially the way he handled when they had the 3-0 lead in the seventh inning. Yeah. Yeah, they've, I mean, how do you win 100? I mean, it's crazy. Anyway, go ahead with the read. I'm sorry, Aslan. You're great. I love it. If you've been waiting for the right time to get on the action, that time's now. Make your winning move today. Go to mybookie.ag. Sign up. It's totally free. Use the promo code WARCHANT and claim your deposit match dollar for dollar. Any amount, up to $1,000. Again, the promo code is WARCHANT to claim your bonus. Virginia, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech three-point favorite over on mybookie. The over under 45 and a half. Gross. Gross. I mean that's not a that's not a great. Um, it's like a good showcase for the for the for, conference. Not for the conference, man, that's pretty tough. I don't know how that happened. I think they thought Virginia might be better than they are, but good night. Um, yeah, that's gross. Experience sports in a whole new light. Make this season a winning one. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, last thing, Corey, before we head out here, we'll, I think we'll try to do shows the rest of the week, even though hey, it's I got of, something to talk about real quick. 
Okay, well, can I, can I, or go, sure, sure. Yeah, I spoke, well, I had, I just because I did a little, just going back to the, I wanted to talk just a little bit more about the FSU-Clemson game in the sense okay. that I looked it up. Sure. So we all remember the 16, the 2016 Clemson-Louisville game where Lamar Jackson was just incredible. Yeah. Um, Clemson won at the end because I think the Louisville kid ran out of bounds before the first down or something crazy. So Louisville ran for like 235 yards in that game. Of course, Lamar Jackson ran for a lot of that. So Clemson has played 77 regular season games since that game. 77. Okay. This was the third time they've given up over 200 yards rushing. Out of 77. Yeah. I think, again, we'll see. But isn't that something to build? And I think out of those regular season games, they've given up more yards than 460, like five of those times. Five times in 77 games, three times. This was the only two times that a team rushed for over 200 yards in the last 76 games before the Florida State game on Saturday night. So that is something to hang your hat on that you, you kind of, you, if you can do that against them, you can do that against anybody except clearly maybe NC State. Um, but that, that boat that does bode well for the remainder of the season. You should have so much confidence in your offense, your ability to get yards on the ground, your ability to move up and down the field. Your ability even to score points because 28 against Clemson isn't nothing. Um, that to me is a that that's what I hopefully take out of that game. They come out of that game because I don't think that offense was playing with a lot of confidence. Certainly not in the second half against NC State. There was nothing that was they were confident about. Hopefully they have a good game against Georgia Tech, can win that one convincingly, at least put up mid 30s points, and they go into Miami with some real confidence on offense. Because if you can run on Clemson, you can run on anybody left on your schedule. Absolutely. But, oh, wow, they really do. They, I thought they had Syracuse before Miami. That game is looming, huh? <laughs> it's coming up. It's coming up hard, man. <laughs> that game is looming. Yeah, it's incredible. It just, you know, the the bummer would be that you you did that, but you, you couldn't find a way to, to close them out and get the dub on Clemson. But yeah, that, that's a huge – that's obviously a huge thing. I mean, you beat Miami last year, comeback victory. That was huge. Obviously, you know, that, that North Carolina – I don't know if any coach has ever been a top-five team and got less credit or – has just lost out of the co- the collective consciousness of their fans more so than that North Carolina game in 2020. And I get what happened after it. Yeah. Um, but still, like that was a big win. That was a really cool night. Like we, that night was like, all right, man, this guy can scheme it up, can figure it out. They held on for dear life in the second half. It wasn't pretty. Did they score in the second half? No. But, you know, whatever. No, they You're were like 31 to seven. You know, hey. But 31 points is enough to win you a lot of football games. If you would have scored 31 points against Wake Forest and NC State, you would have been winning. You'd be you'd be six and one right now. I feel um, like you might have had a kicker in that game that missed a couple critical field goals in the second half of that game yeah. that gave North Carolina a chance to tie it. Well, I don't I don't remember. Yeah, I, I said that's how much I don't remember that game. But yeah, well, I remember that they they were up 31 to seven. They got the opening kickoff. Ladamian Webb gets it all the way down to the one yard line. Gets tripped up at the one. First and goal. Dante Lucas gets a personal foul. Drews it back to the 16, and then you end up missing the kick. And so instead of 34 to 7, it's 31 to 7. And then late in the game, when it's 31 to 24, you Jordan Travis has a big run to get down in the field goal range, and you don't make the field goal that would have made it a 10 point game. All right. And then just wrapping up here, uh, the only thing I wanted to touch on here, we've, we've gone through a lot of it. Thank you, Corey, for letting me babble on with all this, this stuff hey, I looked at. It's, it's just this weird thing about. I, me talking on both sides of my mouth because I am a Florida State alum. I, you know, want to see this program do great, obviously. I, you know, when they're doing great, everything is great. Like the 4-0 start was amazing. Everything felt so good. I want it to happen. But then 
I, I deliberate between is it a birthright for Florida State to be a great program and then also being pragmatic and being like, hey, everyone's had their run. Alabama had their rut. You know, Oklahoma had yeah. their rut. Texas had their rut. Maybe this is just one of the ruts. Stay the course. Be patient. And then it you know battles with me being like, we got to get rid of Willie Taggart. The standard is the standard. We can't because they got better, man. 2018 was maybe just as bad as 2020. The first year of Mike Norville might have been yeah. just as bad. I mean, 2018 was horrendous. For as bad as they were in 2019, that actually was a better team. They actually did make it to a bowl. I know people don't care, but still, I thought it was cool they made it to a bowl game. And that team was better than 2018. So it's like, all right, you know, do we just demand outright excellence at all times, or do we be a little bit realistic and be like, all right, man, we're gonna it's gonna be a little bit rough and bumpy. And the crazy thing is like, dude, Southern Cal went back to back BCS bowl or New Year's Six Bowl games in 16 and 17. Horrible season, 18, 19, not all that great either. They're 5-1 and one in 2020, make it to the Pac-12 championship game, shortened season, and then they lose their second game of the year the following year. They're done with Clay Helton. Like, done, done. Meanwhile, Tom Herman, year two, takes them to a near six bowl in Texas. They win 10 games. They go 8-5, and 7-3. and three. I mean, they fired him in the middle of the season. Like, they they. They could have gone eight and five, but they're like, we cannot afford to keep him here for two more weeks so he can go eight and five. And then we can be like, well, you know, he didn't get worse. We have to keep him around. I I feel like that overwhelming pressure of, man, it is 10 wins. It's national championship or bust. I feel we got to be realistic and realize that's not where Florida State is at, but that's where we want to be. So how do you get there if you're not going to act that way? if that makes sense. Yeah, but I don't think by keeping Norvell, you're not acting that way. I think the thought is he's building to that. Not this is just what he is. I, I, think, that, I think that's too small a sample size to say this is just what he is. Um, I think they're building to that. I don't think the administration is trying to get off cheap. I don't think they want the best. I think they think Norvell is building something. Um, again, like we said, we'll see how high it goes. Um, and he doesn't get um, you know, a 10-year pass to figure it out either. Um, you know, the, the the pressure will get very, very intense next year if you're just kind of 500 in it. Um, so he does have to start winning in a much greater clip to avoid pressure. But I do think they think he's doing that. I think he, they think he's a guy um, that can't do. They really believe in him. Now, maybe that's unfounded. Maybe that's foolish. I don't I don't know. I, I again, I think we do see signs that they're getting better. Um, but yeah, so I, I would say this. If Lincoln Riley was available and wanted to come to Florida State, I'd fire Norvell right now. I would fire him right now and say, sorry, man. I really do apologize. We're going to keep climbing. We love you. Uh, you know, my Stephanie thinks you're a great so, – Stephanie, I, I went and watched the uh, – with, with uh, Mark and Michelle from Connecticut. We went and watched the Legacy Walk. I'd never done that before. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Um, and so we're sitting there right on the – standing there right on the sidewalk. And Norvell hops out, gets off the bus right in front of us. Shades and on Ste in a suit. And Stephanie goes, oh, my God. Yeah. He's hot. He is hot, hot. I'm like, all right, calm down. Cool. Calm down. You know, he's in a suit. He's got his silver hair. He's got his glasses on. It's like, all right, calm down. Look at what you got. Right. It's, it's, not, it's not bad. It's not. You could do worse. Um, so, yeah. So, I would tell Norvell he's gone tomorrow if, if, if somebody like Lincoln Riley was available. So, it's easy for somebody like USC to make a decision like that, right? We can push all along. Okay, let's get rid of Norvell. He, he's not doing. He's certainly not the guy. Well, who is? Hmm. You better have a surefire pick because you are guaranteed that the program will be worse the very next year. But if you think this guy is the guy and you like what he's building for 2023 and beyond, 
you know, you, you, you probably ride with them. Again, my issue with 2023, as much as I do like the direction of this program, uh, so maybe to give your, your side a little bit of credence is, who's coming back next year? What's this program going to look like if Tate Rodemaker is the starting quarterback? Maybe better. Or maybe. I don't think so. I, I, and well, Johnny I, Tate, leaves, love yeah. You, man. But I mean, him and Johnny made beautiful music in Louisville. But Johnny, you know, is Johnny going to be here? Is Jared right. Verse going to be here? Is Fabian Lovett going to be here? All of a sudden, you're such a good job players. in the portal. I'll, I will give him benefit of the doubt. But that man, for it sure. would be nice to get a Jermaine Johnson for two years. Imagine Jermaine Johnson, and I'm not saying obviously we knew he was a one year rental. Yeah. But uh, somebody like that to build upon, mm. getting Jared Verse for two years would be enormous. Fabian Lovett for another year. Jordan Travis is a 23 year old sixth year senior that's seen and done everything. That these running backs all coming back, that the wide receivers coming back. If you can promise me that this whole core group is going to come back intact, as competitive as they are now, as close as they are now to being a top fifteen team, in my opinion, if they're all coming back next year, buddy, yes, Norvell's gonna. They are going to have a very good season in twenty twenty three. I truly believe that. But if Jamie leaves and Fabian leaves and Verse leaves and Bethune leaves and Jordan leaves and Johnny leaves, all of a sudden you're like, oh, God, we got to rebuild when we're still in the middle of a rebuild. Hmm. Who's going to take who's going to fill all these spots? Your best players have all left. I don't think they're all going to leave. I, that would be crazy for most of them to leave. But that's a re, that's a that's a problem that needs to be addressed. Not a problem. It just it's a situation that needs to be addressed. And that's why that's what gives me a little bit of pause as we move on is. The, the guys that he's been bringing in from the high school classes, other than the offensive line, who I do believe in, and I do think they're going to be good, which is very, very important. I think some of those guys could be real players. Um, and all those guys should be back next year except Gibbons, right? Um, well, maybe Demetri Emanuel too. But you've got guys coming in that you believe in there on the offensive line. Everywhere else, defensive line, you got Patrick Payton and what else that you really, truly believe in? So we're under the, the guise of Verse still being mocked in the first round and if that's the case, he's not. Yeah, if be Verse here, right? and Fabian and Robert Cooper leave, and Tatum Bethune leaves, yeah. Jamie Robinson leaves. Right. As much as we like Shaheen Brown, and as much as Akeem Dents made some plays here and there, and, and we do like Az Thomas, you, you're just going to have a lot of question marks. I'm, I'm now, looking but, at the I'm looking at the career or the the season sack leaders, man. All these guys are seniors and juniors. I was hoping there'd be some freshmen and sophomores that could maybe pluck. Uh, there's a sophomore defensive tackle from Middle Tennessee State that has. Four Buddy, sacks and seven you, games. I, I went and looked at the uh, Illinois. Rated, Illinois yeah. Guys, I'm going to let you guys know right here. So we already got the Georgia Southern kicker connection. Right. By the way, they, they pulled off the upset over James Madison this I weekend. Know. Take and it, I think Dukes. my man hit three kicks, three right. out of four. So uh, I went and looked up just because I'm me, because this is my job, guys. I just want to look up, see who's out there. Hmm. So I get on uh, Pro Football Focus, and I look up the top-ranked interior defensive lineman in the country. And there's a kid, I can't remember his name, his last name is Newton, from Illinois, who at the time was like the fourth-ranked. Jerzan Newton, go. he's a sophomore. Fourth-ranked defense. This is last week. I don't know what he is now, but he's, he had a good game again. He's, the, he's a top-ten-ranked interior defensive lineman in the country grade-wise on PFF. He's only a sophomore, and my man is from Florida. Mm -hmm. Just throwing that out there. One of the top edge rushers in the country is also from the great Illinois defense. He is also from Florida. And he is also a sophomore. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, that Keith Randolph. Keith Randolph Jr. Yeah. Is that? I don't think that was his name. I thought it was somebody. Is they, they have a Keith Randolph Jr.? Yeah, that's him. Oh. Sophomore defensive lineman. He had four sacks through seven games so far. 27 okay. sack yardages. Look at that. Yeah. Okay. So so Illinois has got some guys from Florida 
mm. that might want to come back home. It's all I'm, all I'm saying. It's yeah. all I'm saying. You don't want to do that. Maybe love it and verse decide to come back. But if they don't, you and you wonder, are you, can you can you can you slide into their DMs right now? Is that a violation or is it just frowned upon? The head coach, you can maybe they're their high school head coach. You got to kind of reach out to him. Hey, is he happy there? What would make him happy? How much money would make him happy? Let him know we can do that. Well, also maybe like remind the kid, just show him what the temperature is in Champaign on December 11th. Yeah. And then again on like, you know, March 4th. Hmm. And then show him a picture of recess, <laughs> just the pool. And then, by the way, I you know, obviously I've never been up there. I never would. Coward. Would crazy, creepy. I went, once. I went once. We walked out. I went to Kush's uh, on Friday night with some friends. Uh, Thanks, for just because, Thanks for inviting me. Just because he had rented out the room. Uh, so we went there for probably an hour. And as we're walking out, there's this huge line of people just around a building. And so I went up to one of the girls. I'm like, "Can I? what are y'all waiting for? Because uh, we couldn't figure it out. We literally were like, it looks like they're just standing by a building. And it was to go up to re to get banded to go up to recess. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I can't even imagine what's what's what kind of hedonism is going on up there on that the, that deck. But anyway, the Illinois kids could that you don't want them to imagine. Just come experience it and see if they still want to go back to Champaign. That's all that's what I'm saying. Florida State should recruit itself. Speaking of which, uh, Illinois, that's one of the other teams that's in the top 25. Brett Bielema got there in 2021. They're 6-1 and one right now, but they haven't beat one ranked team this season. They beat two ranked teams last year, though, that were ranked when they got there. Their recruiting class is 50th, 73rd, and 90th before Brett got there. So, yeah. yeah. But they haven't played Michigan or Penn State or Ohio State or anybody. Well, that's, let's uh, put it that they haven't played Clemson or Wake Forest either. True. They probably would have lost both those games. True, indeed. Texas. But again, you're not judging yourself by Illinois standards, are you? Right, no, no. Yeah. But he's their fourth coach in seven years. Southern Cal's the other team, third head coach in seven years, Lincoln Rally. Texas is twentieth. Sark's their third different coach in six years. Uh, they're five and two. And then Mike Leach in Mississippi State, they're twenty fourth right now. He's their third different coach in four years. He's beat six ranked teams. He's lost to six ranked teams too. And mm -hmm. I wouldn't want Mike Leach. Sark, maybe. Probably not though. Again, th th this was an exercise about I'd rather have this guy than that. Just kind of uh, looking at these situations that were inherited, not great. And I don't, I don't again, mm. it was to the sort of flippant point I made about, I don't know how many Power 5 jobs open up and it's like, ooh, awesome. It's like because guys don't want to let go of those jobs if they're good. And when they get fired, there's usually something wrong going there. And, you know, Illinois fired their coach and Texas fired their coach. Mississippi State fired their coach, so, you know, et cetera. Everyone fired their coach. Other than TCU, he quit. Like a quitter, yeah. middle of the season. Just quit on him, huh? Three and five. He's like, I'm out. And then Jerry Kill took over. They went two and two. And now he's an analyst. Gary Patterson is an analyst for Texas. Can you imagine that? Like Jimbo, imagine if Jimbo just like in the middle of 2017, which he pretty much did quit in the middle of the season. Yes. He's like, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going to go to Miami. He goes and be becomes a, an analyst for analyst the Hurricanes. Yeah. 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 No, be worse. that's bizarre. Could always be worse. You would have thought Gary Patterson just didn't want to be in football anymore. Right. Like yeah. at least take a year or two off, not go be an analyst for another team in your state. That's mm. just goofy. All right, that's a wrap for us. Headlines, though, right? You guys, you guys are gonna do headlines. Everybody's in, everybody's in town. Everybody's gonna be in the studio. It's yeah, gonna be a big. We're gonna blowout. be there, man. We're gonna be at practice today, right? Yeah. A little later time than normal for practice. It looked like. And Thank then, you, uh, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, you know, like little, that. little things like that, Mike. Little things like that. Keep it up. <laughs> that's, little, yeah, Keep that's right. Up. Keep Aslan on your good side, my man. Keep A Train on your good side, and uh, then yeah, we'll do a headlines right after that. Yeah. So all right, all that over at Wordchant.com. Reaction, review, interviews, all up. Maybe some video shorts too. We've been. Uh, active in that space over on YouTube. All of it there, warchant.com, warchant TV. Uh, subscribe, like, you know the drill. For Corey, I'm Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up Warchant, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.